Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Mark is saying a few days later, Jesus came back to Capernaum. And the news spread that he was at home. So many people came together that there wasn't any room left, not even outside the front of the door. Jesus was preaching the message to them when some people came, bringing him a paralyzed man for them, carrying him. Because of the crowd, however, they could not get him to Jesus. So they made a hole in the roof right above the place where Jesus was. When they had made the opening, they let the man down, lying on a mat. Jesus saw how much faith they had and said to the paralyzed man, My son, your sins are forgiven. Some of the teachers of the law who were sitting there thought to themselves, How does he dare to talk against God like this? No man can forgive sins. God can. Only God can. And once Jesus knew their secret thoughts. So he said to them, Why do you think such things? Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk? I will prove to you then that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up, pick up your mat, and go home. While they all watched, The man got up, picked up his mat, and hurried away. They were all completely amazed and praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Well, those four men, they must have been old scouts. (laughs) They must have been. Because what happened and what took place, and they're working with this paralyzed man and with the Lord Jesus Christ, They were amazed and astounded at the fantastic thing that happened. And we want to think about that this morning. And if a good deed says one is a scout and is a good scout, certainly these four men would qualify. Especially in this day that you and I live in, when it seems to be the private person is a thing to be achieved. And so we withdraw behind our doors and the walls that, And we close the rest of the world out. And we don't want anyone to intrude upon upon our privacy. I read again, or had it called to my attention again, the man that uh, was feeling bad driving his car and pulled it over and parked it. And while it was parked there, that uh, he died from a heart attack. And But in his position in the car, looked like he was sleeping. And so the police had given him four tickets before someone had discovered uh, that the man was not asleep, but he was dead. Now, we can understand how this could happen and why it happened, but even in trying to explain it and accepting the explanation for it, it still is a tragedy, isn't it? That we, in this modern society in which you and I live, uh, that uh, we have such indifference on our, on our part. Perhaps Mark had in mind something like this when he 
told us this story about the Lord Jesus Christ and what happened. And I'll explain it this way. A friend of mine that I have to say I haven't seen for quite a long while, I saw him the other day. And I remember this friend a year or so ago uh, that he walked with a great deal of hesitation. And he sort of shuffled his feet, really, as he went, uncertain about the way that he walked. And then I saw him here the other day, and uh, he was, well, he really had a snap in his get-along. He was really going along. You know, and I said to him, I said, you're really walking different now. He says, yeah, the reason I can walk different preachers is because I can see differently. I've had an operation. He says, I can see as well as I did years and years ago. And so because I can see different, I can walk different. Perhaps if we get a better insight into the, the word of God and what he's called us to do and what we're supposed to be, that you and I, too, will be able to live with a little bit more enthusiasm and have a little more zip and zang in our in our get-along as we go about this business of living. Well, now let's look at these men. And let's look at this scripture. Here was the man that the scripture says, and Mark tells us that he was paralyzed. And that means he had a loss of his, his motion, that he couldn't get around, that, uh, that he was, uh, his natural motion had uh, been destroyed. Think about that for a while. Uh, we're not told why the man was paralyzed. Maybe he fell off his old camel. I don't know. Maybe somebody pulled out in front of him and his old camel ran over him and, and ran over him or something. But we're not told. But it's interesting to note, and I want you to keep your mind on the fact that this man uh, was, was paralyzed. What does it really mean? And what does this man represent, really? Could this man represent our society? Or maybe our church? Or maybe a Sunday school class? Or a group of people within the church? Or maybe it means it could well be you, or it could be me, paralyzed. From what? Paralyzed from fear, maybe. Afraid that if we do this and fail, though it seems like a good idea, that we'll be thought to be a fool. Or maybe we are paralyzed by pride. Or maybe, like Jonah, by hate. He didn't want to go talk to the Ninevites because he hated them. And he didn't want to go talk to them. And tell them about God. Think of all the things that paralyze us today. And keeps us from doing the things that we ought to do. Or you think about being paralyzed from indifference. Perhaps this is greater than any other one thing that we get tied up in. And we've been indifferent so long that we think that this is the way that we ought to live. And this is the way that it ought to be. And that we prize our comfort more than anything else in our happiness and we will not sacrifice or give it up for anything. And I cannot think of a man more paralyzed or a person more paralyzed than one to have his mind centered at this place as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. Maybe we're paralyzed from selfishness. We don't want to give of our time and our effort, our money. We don't want to risk anything for anyone. Or it could be we're paralyzed because of guilt. And I've met some of these folk along the way. And we feel that we can't be a part of the church and, and be an active part of the church because of what has happened within the past. I wonder what we really think about the Lord Jesus Christ and his ability and capability of forgiving our sins. And then when we think about the situation and what we're called to do, we think about every person out there that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord, as a person who is in need 
I don't care what they have. They may be able to have everything. But what does it profit a man, as the scripture says, if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Here's a man that simply says that, uh, that he was paralyzed. Now let's move to another thought. There was the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we see the situation. The man is at one end of the extreme, and here the Lord Jesus Christ is at the other end. And here this fellow had four friends. Oh, blessed is the man that has a Christian friend, I'll tell you. Well, this man was fortunate. He not only had one, seemingly he had four. And these men knew the Lord Jesus Christ. Seemingly, this man did not know Christ, the one that was paralyzed. And I am quite sure that it would be true in keeping with the average situation that this man thought he had many other needs besides the need of the Lord Jesus Christ. He could have told the people that uh, he had many needs. And I am thinking about two sisters that came to see me while I was in the hospital, and they made such an impression on me because uh, they even looked younger than they did when I knew them 20 years ago. But I remember them 20 years ago uh, when they had more trouble than the law allowed. And I'm, they just had all kinds of problems and difficulties and hardships. And, and I'm quite sure that back then they thought the greatest thing that they needed was some of the help for the problems that they had. And all the while that wasn't their need. The need that they really had was to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. As to come to know the Christ. And it didn't take me too long to ascertain when they came to see me in the hospital the other day uh, that that's exactly what had happened to them. And both of them had met the Lord Jesus Christ and was gloriously saved. And they knew they had met Christ. And they knew that they had a place in God's kingdom. They didn't have to wait for it until they died. They knew that they had it today. Now, folks, that's the kind of, of understanding and wisdom that you and I need today. Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the answer to the dilemma of man today? Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has the answer for our deepest need today? Well, I hope you do, because you see the truth of it is that this is right. It really is. And these men knew that this friend of theirs that was paralyzed needed to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, where did he find such friends? For them. Friends that could see the need, the desperate need that he had. It wasn't that he needed more food or a better pallet to lie on or a house or more money. Perhaps he needed these things to live, of course. But that wasn't his burning need. That wasn't the need that they saw, the deepest need of this man. The deepest need of this man was he needed to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. What is our first in our highest mission as Christians and as a church today? Is it not to bring people face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ? Let this be our aim and the beat of our heart too. That whatever we do around here, whatever it is that we do as a group and as individuals, as we represent the Lord Jesus Christ and we are his church and the body of Christ, let it be understood without any hesitation, regardless of what it is. We only have one single solitary uh, desire in mind at the basic level on which we stand, and that is to bring men and women face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ so that they can make an intelligent decision to believe and to trust in him for salvation. That's what we're about, whether it be on the back of our lot or the front of our lot or here within the sanctuary. It is all the same.
The dilemma of these four men of long ago, though, was one and the same as ours. Oh, how modern the scripture is. This is just as up to date as it has been printed yesterday or this morning. Look at the dilemma that they had. Their friend was totally, was totally paralyzed. Well, I've met a few people like that, though, they were walking around. But as far as the Lord Jesus Christ was concerned, and anything spiritual was concerned, they were totally paralyzed. How to get them to come to the place where they can be even in a place to hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to understand something of what, uh, of what he can do. Paralyzed with indifference. How to get one to come face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at the problem that they had. Not only was the man incapacitated. You know, it may not be a bad thing if you go by sometime as you talk to your neighbor and still say, you come to church and you tell your neighbor that, well, I'm going to come by and pick you up. I'm going to take you to church. I'm going to take you with me. Well, that's what these four men had to do. And then notice what happened. When he got over to the place where to see the Lord Jesus Christ, they couldn't get in. There was a crowd. Now, isn't that interesting? You know, dear ones, one of the things that block us from doing what we ought to do, you just listen to us talk. It's always a crowd. All people. They won't let me do what I want to do. I can't do it because of people. They, you know, and you go all the way to the place where they say, well, I'm not going to go to church over there. There's nothing but a bunch of hypocrites go over there. They don't realize they're going to have to spend eternity with those hypocrites, I guess. Well, anyway, and then you sit here and said, well, I can't go to church over there because, you know, that group is running, this is doing that, and the other crowd. It's back here. What was blocking this man and his friends from the Lord Jesus Christ? It was the crowd. But you see, dear friends, let me say to my own soul and to yours as well this morning that here again is an absolute truth. Now, we can use the crowd as an excuse and people as an excuse for us not doing what we ought to do. But let us understand the truth of the situation. If we do do that, it is only an excuse and it means that we have lost sight of our objective and that being to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us understand that we have lost all sight of our objective and we might well say amen. If we have lost sight of the fact that it is the Lord Jesus Christ that I am serving, it is the Lord Jesus Christ that I am committed to and it is the Lord Jesus Christ that I'm trying to get in touch with. And then the crowd takes their place in my life the way that they should. But they didn't only have a crowd to deal with. They had something physical to deal with. Oh, listen to us talk today. And we'll tell you why we can't attend church and be faithful to church because we got so many other things that we need to do and got to do. We have physical things that we've got to do, you know. And so it's very interesting that Mark says a roof separated these people. And I thought about that, this physical obstruction that kept this man from the Lord Jesus Christ. The roof that stands for, doesn't it, protection? Aren't you glad you got a roof over your head? <laughs> protection for the family. Security. Comfort. A thing of pride. A thing of beauty. As we think about our homes and what they, they mean to us. But when these four men saw that the only thing left for them to do to get this man to the Lord Jesus Christ was either to not do it or tear up this roof. Now isn't that interesting? It comes down to this. And so they decided it's a man's soul and life is at stake and so we'll tear up the roof. Tear up the roof. Everything, anything that stands between me and my God and the God of my fellow man 
it must be overcome or done away with in some, in some way. Neither the crowd, nor people, nor the roof, nor any other possession that I may have will stand in the way of my soul meeting God and the soul of another human being. I would think about the commitment and dedication of these old scouts of long ago, and I would think that their dedication and their commitment would be one that I would do well this morning if I would reaffirm myself and their commitment and their dedication and pray that I too might be able to see as clearly as these men of long ago to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the answer for the dilemma of man and his soul. I hope we believe it. Our Father, then help us to believe it. And not only help us to believe it, our Father, but we pray that God would help us to act upon it. But we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 